Overindulging in children can give them a false sense of confidence, leading a child to believe they are more special, more powerful, more intelligent, or wealthier than others can give them an elevated sense of self. That's a quote from Fiona Yassine, who is founder and clinical director of the Wave Clinic. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. It's really bad. It's really bad. I I was trying to make it smooth. You really jumped in on that one. I tried to like smooth the entry. Like a DJ. Hey, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Thanks everyone for your patience while we uh, gear up. Uh, We took a little hiatus. Hiatus. A couple weeks hiatus. Mm -hmm. uh, First time ever since we've really done that. We've taken a week off here and there, but this is. Did you ever take a hiatus in hiatus? I have taken a hiatus and hiatus. Actually, okay. you've been there. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sing some karaoke. Yeah, if, we recall, <laughs> if, we, if we all can recall that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Duck Pub Inn, because that was yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I had been, you know, on, on the uh, articles on new, uh, Apple News, as most of you all do in this day and age, right? And I came across an article um, by Natasha Hind, called The One Thing to Avoid If You Don't Want Narcissistic Kids. And it just struck me um, as relevant uh, to the work that I do, to the work that I'm sure many educators are doing today in dealing with a certain mindset that kids maybe, excuse me, have and where some of that comes from. And I think, you know, we walk that fine line between building self-esteem and building competence and a sense of mastery over things versus building a entitlement to act a certain way or believe a certain way about how the system is, how you interact within it, how you interact with other people. Um, and so I just thought it was kind of relevant to bring up. Well, it's interesting because after you brought this topic up, I did, you know, a couple little Google searches mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think there's a point where, in age developmentally where kids are naturally egocentric yes. and can't, you know, you're teaching how to teach perspective, you're teaching perspective to students and to kids, I guess, mm-hmm. cause it's before school age, um, and how you share and how you, you know, take turns and all of these things. So I think it's, um, I think there's a point after that where you really have to start thinking about how you, you know, it's almost like that everyone gets a trophy right. era. And so how do you disseminate between disseminate, disseminate? I don't know, differentiate, <laughs> differentiate between okay. pumping a kid, a student, a kid or a student up and then creating this sense of self where no one else is valued besides them. Well, right. And I think it's, you know, sometimes I, I do feel like this comes in to play with things like conflict resolution and comes into play with play and in being able to interact and kind of take turns and and allow that process to play out um, as adults removing ourselves from some of that and allowing the kids to interact and make the rules and make the play and set the boundaries and access different parts of that whether they're the leader whether they're going along with the plan whether they're collaborating on the plan that they're taking different roles in that. And it doesn't mean that some kids aren't just natural leaders, but I think there's a difference between I'm leading this play or I'm leading this situation versus I'm going to demand that you are following my expectation or I'm going to act in a certain way to kind of encourage you to do that. Well, I also think like not to throw the B word 
Oh, bullying. Oh, that one. And they're, but like, I don't, I can't think of a better word, but like, almost like bullying other kids into doing it their way yeah. and only their way. And how many times do you see that? Or berating them yeah. or just, right. And, and I think we see sort of that, that narcissism come up in class as well, I think, with um, the educational piece of things where, you know, it's expected that my you know a student is going to achieve a certain grade and so i expect that to happen if that doesn't happen the flaw must be with the educator and not that something wasn't studied enough or um represented enough through some sort of paperwork reporting whatever um and so i think that that does breed conflict later on as we look at kids growing up and becoming adults in society um being able to work with other people being able to kind of share um, the responsibility of taking something on and allowing other voices to be heard and other influences and perspectives to be recognized. Well, and this is a difference for the listeners. This is a difference between, you know, there's a difference between being narcissistic and having narcissistic personality disorder. Yes, good thing so like, you. just yeah. to be clear, this, we're not talking about you, anyone doing anything specific to create a child who ends up with narcissistic personality disorder. Right. There's some genetics that play into that piece yes. of it. Um, this is more about like, how do you help kids understand the value of relationships well, in some ways. Well, you can rephrase it to be self-important or entitled, um, that, you know, we've, we're sort of enabling at times the belief that my way is the right way, that what I believe is correct, how I see it is correct, how I want to play this game is, <clears throat> excuse me, the only way that we could possibly play this game. And it's working through some of that without adults always intervening and always trying to, you know, pave that road for clarity for kids. They have to solve that on their own in order to be able to then solve other problems that come into life or, you know, other situations that they have to work themselves out of. We can't always be handed the answer. We sometimes have to find that answer. And I think through that you are building self-esteem because I think when you are feeling as though through circumstance, through what you've been told that you're sort of infallible or what your, what your choice is is always the right choice, your self-esteem almost, I don't know, this is me just going wild here, but maybe your self-esteem is almost phony like in a sense like you have this sense that you're you know on the top of the pile but is that legitimate or is it just because it's been created by what people are saying about you versus like I truly succeeded in this I truly accomplished this I know that I took these steps to solve this problem some of the things that we work on are you know the growth mindset and perseverance and kind of how to take on a big challenge and a lot of times that comes through the trial and error process like you're not learning something and how to be better at something by not failing at it, by not having those trial and error experiences or comparing what you've experienced with someone else and kind of working through that with another person. Well, I think there's, it's funny because I can think of a lot of adult situations where, um, and just an FYI, everyone who's listening, um, I do have two dogs in here and I hope one isn't chewing so loud you can hear it into the microphone. <laughs> so, I'm going to say they probably yeah. can. So I apologize if it sounds like an earthquake in the microwave, microwave, oh. microphone. <laughs> Um, but I can think of so many adults right now that have some of that egocentric combined with the self-esteem piece to your point that have like this phony sense of self-esteem, but you can just see right through it that it's really a lot of what their behavior is, is as a result of being insecure with themselves. Mm -hmm. And how many times I've been in a situation where it's like the name dropper. Oh, I know this person. Oh, we've done that. Or we've done that. Yeah. Or, um, 
I recently had someone in a situation that made a mistake and instead of just owning it, it was like, yeah, I've made some mistakes, but we all have made mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just can't own that piece of it. And I feel like all of this ties into how do you, how do you teach that at a young age so that there isn't that false sense of self-esteem. You build that sort of true self-esteem and that true ability to, um, to sacrifice, I guess, your feelings at times to help support each other. Um, So I think I just, I can think about so many situations where I'm recently that I've been in with adults Mm -hmm. that I'm like, wow, you know, this like false sense of Mm -hmm. self um, is is annoying. (laughs) Um, Well, and and I'm gonna quote again from this article from Natasha Hind. She writes, a gentle and beautiful way to explain to young people that they are part of something much bigger is to use the example of planting trees. Explain the wider need for everyone to have oxygen and the role trees play in that. Excuse me. And I think that the symbolism of that is so Mm -hmm. powerful to indicate that we're just not on an island of one where it's all about that person, you as an individual succeeding and stepping on everybody else along the way, so to speak. It's really about building that community, building that team. So oftentimes when I um, go into classrooms and run um, groups with students, you know, you get a lot of that sort of infighting within the group or, you know, we don't like this, we don't want that choice, we didn't like what he said, we don't like what you... And, And what I try to teach early on in the school year is the sense of teamwork that not even that this is a classroom, but this is a team or this group that we're running is a team and we're all pulling for each other. And a lot of the front loading in the beginning of the year is about you know working together to achieve a goal. And that basically every single day they're working together to achieve a goal, but that even in smaller spurts of like this group and this time frame, you know, we're working together to, you know, solve this puzzle or, you know, figure out this problem and answer to this problem or just kind of work together to get through this block if it's not your favorite thing to do. And that sense that we're all kind of pulling for each other and it's not about one person achieving something solely or individually. And it's such a hard balance. Mm -hmm. Like you really, it really is a hard balance between like navigating how not to pump kids up too much so that they become more egocentric and also Mm -hmm. not undervalue them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a really, not only for parents, but for teachers too. Like, how do you find that balance of, you know, if you have this straight A student, how do you find that balance of, you know, that's a great job and also challenging him I'm thinking about, I mean, I think you said before we started, one of the topics that we thought about was like building those critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like somehow there's like a, there's a through line between a lot of this. And, and so it's just, um, you know, I don't want, I want to acknowledge how challenging it is to, to play that, to play both roles. Yeah. Well, I also think you can <clears throat> give specific feedback about times when children are thinking of other people are doing something that's more beyond themselves and really label that like you know that was really kind of you to pick up you know so and so's toy and put that away for them like that was really thoughtful and and enhancing that type of language and being aware of of representing that as well as the academic the sports the drama club the you know mathletes um making sure that you're equally kind of representing when kids are thinking about the greater good they're doing kind acts of kindness and speaking about that in the same type of terms. I also think modeling it yourself and modeling being able to negotiate relationships with other people, both other kids and, you know, I say all the time to other teachers and stuff like, 
it's okay to say, I'm sorry. It's okay to own your mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's okay to, you know, um, I think you've, we've talked about this story. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but like when I used to teach, I'd be like, I'm working on this Mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was raising our hand because I always forgot to calling kids who raise their hands. I would just like call the kid that would yell out. And so it was like, I'm working on this goal and finding ways to model behavior for kids so that they become more thoughtful and take more perspective of other people. Well, and also like you alluded to the piece about owning it for yourself. Like I oftentimes will apologize to kids and say, I'm sorry, I misunderstood, or I'm sorry, I made that decision that ended up not being what worked out best. And teaching that it's, you don't have to know everything and you don't have to always be right. And it's okay to own the fact that you made a mistake or you picked something that didn't work out and showing kids that you as the adult can still own that is really powerful. I think something else that's helpful and, you know, I think there's formally, I think it's, you know, restorative justice, restorative practices, Mm -hmm. but um, we used to know it as something else uh, when we were years ago, but it's really about... um, you know, calling a group together and mm-hmm. everyone, and, and not just doing it when a kid does something wrong, yes, right? And so like, every, yeah, yeah, you can celebrate together. You can, and really um, almost inadvertently forcing all of the kids to listen to each other's perspective so that you can hear each other's voices. And, and that really brings that empathy almost mm-hmm. to situations. Well, and that leads me to another thought. So I think we, we a lot of times think about, I just said think and thought a lot. Uh, <laughs> perspective taking with autism. So we teach that explicitly. A lot of the the teaching and the coaching that we do is around, you know, how do you think about someone else? How do you put yourself in someone else's shoes? You know, it's not just about what you want to do and what and not everybody's in your head. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I don't know that we always think that way for kids that have different types of brains where maybe they're not neurodiverse in the way that they think of the world. That doesn't mean they don't still need work on perspective taking and they don't still need work on empathy. And it doesn't mean you're a budding sociopath if you need a little bit of help with that. It could be. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's facts. But it, it's also important to factor in that social emotional learning for all kids. And I think the piece about empathy, perspective taking, um, perseverance and working as a team, it's really important. It's, it, and again, maybe we're just at a place where that has to be explicitly taught that can be part of, you know, a block once a week or whatever in school, but there there should be a, a time to teach that. I mean, preferably you're teaching that when these kids are preschool, kindergarten. Yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, I love myself some Class Dojo yeah. um, on YouTube to do some of that for you. And that definitely does apply to older kids. It's not just the little ones. So um. I also think, and um, I'm, I'm Michelle Garcia winner has, um, I just want to make sure that she's here. <laughs> if she's listening, she knows that we're uh, promoting her uh, yeah. um, social behavior map. We're, we're oh my God. Her credit. We're giving her credit. <laughs> her credit. The social behavior map, um, which also like helps, I think, identify, you know, expected and unexpected behaviors in certain situations. And I think that is helpful to, to develop some of that perspective taking, like how my behavior affects other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that was Michelle Garcia winner. I'm saying that was Michelle Garcia gotcha. winner. One more time, Michelle yeah. Garcia winner. <laughs> Just to make sure. I don't want this podcast booted. Um, but um, to add to your social emotional piece, I think bigger picture, 
we don't focus on that enough. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-COVID. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've said this a million times this week specifically. As we build like systems of support for kids, it's not just about academics. In fact, what I've been, I think, saying till I'm blue in the face about this week was like, is you know, kids need the social emotional learning and social emotional availability before they can get the academic stuff down. It's so like if we're skipping, yeah, if but, we're skipping that you know, piece, shout out to Maslow. He yeah. Um, and I almost feel like teachers, you know, I wish we could all just like have a clean say and say like, how do we build a good academic system? Because there's so many strengths right now, but I do think that piece of social emotional learning is really, um, undervalued in a lot of way. It's becoming more valued, but I think it's like sort of the second, the second tier to things Mm -hmm. when it should really be the first tier. So in doing some of the pregame research, I found an article from USA Today. It's titled, uh, You're More Special Than Everyone Else, Perfect. which I think is actually, um, I probably should have said that much earlier, yeah. <laughs> this article. Um, and it like it starts by saying, many may think spoiling a child is the only way to make them a narcissist. Um, and this is um, by a doctor named Romani Dervasula, a psychologist and author specializing in narcissism and narcissistic abuse. Um, And it says three ways that people become narcissists. They're overindulged in their superficial attributes, just like you just said. Mm -hmm. They are underindulged in their emotions Mm -hmm. and they experience trauma or abuse. So just sort of like you said. I will say that I, I think for a long time, being emotional and having empathy and having that like high emotional IQ was almost like oh like you're you're not that clever if yeah. that's what you like if that's what you think is important that's not what's important like it's about getting these grades it's about being this type of athlete it's about excelling in these types of ways and i think having that emotional iq is so so critically important and like you were saying about that foundation if you don't have that foundation like building everything on top of that is going to be a lot harder because you don't have that sense of like, th- that is such a big piece of surviving in this world is being able to relate to other people. Well, you know what? Catherine Del, Tar- Del Toro, a mental, I know, a mental wow. health counselor, Catherine Romero, uh, agrees with you. Mm-hmm. She um, says that parents who value their kids' achievements but devalue their feelings run the risk mm-hmm. of raising narcissists, as do parents who remain emotionally distant or neglectful. Now, I want to caution here. Yes. Okay. That overindulging the feelings... So you, you again, like you were speaking earlier about the balance. We don't want to go 100% feelings-based where a child says, this made me feel A, B, or C type of way. And so that then negates my accountability for that situation because I've definitely seen that happening as well, where we're very in tune with the feelings and by the kids start to understand that if I'm using feelings and I'm using my emotions in order to kind of convey my my belief on this situation, then maybe I get out of the accountability and responsibility for it. So we also don't want to use that um, too much. And I think that's the balance, but I I think it's that healthy sense of self, self esteem, self worth, um, understanding that you have value beyond your accomplishments, understanding that just, you know, getting along with other people and thinking about others is a win is valuable, especially in today's world. Yeah. Well, and most of these things that Dervasula says, the psychologist from mm-hmm. the USA Today article, we've already pretty much covered. Um, but she said that, how can I keep my kid from becoming a narcissist? Modeling empathy, we talked about. Rewarding empathy. Um, teaching 
children to consider other people's feelings we talked about foster your child's authentic interests mm-hmm. um which we didn't really talk about but it says allow your kid to cultivate the things they're good at and celebrate that so not forcing them into mm-hmm. your wants for yeah, them like if they don't want to play the tuba don't make them right I mean, the tuba is very popular. Were, it's a very, very popular well, instrument. Even if you were a tuba star in high school, it doesn't mean everybody else is yeah. going to be. Be open with your feelings spend, and spend quality time. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we touched upon all of those. So, you know what, Dervasula? We got you. We got it. Um, and now we got the car. Yeah, sorry, everyone. This has been a banner day. This has been, I mean... Banner day for background sound effects. So, we just want to make sure that you all... Uh, we're going to... We're gonna make sure you all know that we're live and in person. Well, in case without you were edits. like maybe you you not nodded off at a moment, you're woken right up again. Yeah. So. <laughs> in case our voice yeah. is that soothing. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe the car alarm was a sign for us to uh, do our up. would our would you yeah. rather topic. Yeah. Sure. Um, I've been seeing a lot on. I saw one on TV, and I should have written it down. Then I forgot the TV. other day. Yeah, on the television. What is this TV you speak of. And not cable. It was streaming. Oh, okay. Well, it was streaming. Sorry. So. Um, Here's the question. Would you rather... Oh, I do remember the, I do remember the question, but I'm going to give you this one first. Um, would you rather have every meal you eat for the rest of your life be too spicy or too sweet? Mm. Gosh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to say too sweet. But too I, sweet? But I really don't like either one. Okay. You don't like either option. No. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to... But I am going to choose one because I know that's the game. Um, I'm easily too, too, too spicy. spicy. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, my, the beverage I'm drinking right now is a, uh, peach habanero cider. So oh, wow. Okay. there's that. Yeah. Um, no, but the question I saw today was, <laughs> would you rather have, um, and it was someone who hated cats. It was, sorry. Um, we don't hate cats. No, no, no not no, at all. No, no. This is a, the person I was watching and they said, would you rather be, have a cat body with a dog head <laughs> <laughs> or a cat head with a dog body? Oh, wow. I think a cat head and a dog body. I'm going to go the opposite. Why did I come up with that so fast? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that just definitely... I'm going the opposite because dogs are smarter than cats. No one said the brain... First of all, I'm not even sure that that's true, but... No <laughs> well, unless said, you're a golden retriever, No one said anything it. about your brain. They said the head. And the cat's heads are adorable. So are dog's head, most of them. Huh? <clears throat> not all of them. I mean, well, some of them are. We can agree to disagree. Wow. <laughs> you know what? It's never going to happen, so it's okay. <laughs> are you sure? I don't know. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have... You, you never should say just never. Never, never say, say never. Never say... You know what? You never did. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We're back. <laughs> Please follow us on all of our... Um, on all of our social media. Oh my gosh, why can't I think today? I uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, we're not using anymore. Um, and um, LinkedIn, at Unstuck Podcast One. And if you have any ideas, feel free to send them to us and we'd love to cover it. And we'll definitely check our email. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.